Hi and welcome to You, Me and BPD. My name is Sean Keyes and I have Borderline Personality Disorder. This week I'm going to talk about vulnerability. I tried to talk about it last week and it's just too busy on a Sunday. I just have too much on. Um, so Sunday is kind of out of the question so I'm going to try it on a Monday. And then because I have a mental illness I see the world in black and white so if I don't get to do it on that day I can't seem to uh, fix it into another time. So... It takes me a bit of time to try and figure it out too. Um, and I wanted to talk about vulnerability as well. And then last week as well, I couldn't get into the vulnerability because I couldn't feel it. And a big problem with me is I have to feel things. So I couldn't feel vulnerable, which is fantastic at this stage. But in order for me to try and help and maybe get my message across, I have to experience the feelings too of what I used to feel. So... I spent all week thinking about my vulnerabilities and I had quite a lot, absolutely, quite an awful lot of vulnerabilities when I was young. Um, you know, when I looked back over all my vulnerabilities, I had no confidence growing up. I had zero confidence growing up. I thought I was worthless, useless. I never thought I'd achieve anything in life. Um, realistically, I thought the best thing for me would have been jail, if I'm being honest. Uh, I had so many emotions flying through my head with, with BPD that I couldn't seem to manage them. And, you know, anyone that has BPD, they'll understand that you, you get up every day and you try. And you really do try to be the best possible person you can be. But your emotions are so strong that they just absolutely take over. And the slightest little thing can trigger you. And it's so slight to other people. That they don't understand. Why are you getting so triggered by that tiny little comment that was said? Not realising that that tiny little comment that they might have said is attached to maybe 10 years of memories. Or maybe a childhood memory that you didn't like. And you explode. And nobody understands why you're exploding. And everyone's looking at you going, oh my god, that was a bit much like. And the vulnerability of that is... You then have to calm down afterwards. You feel ashamed of what you did because it was tiny. Most of the time, these are tiny little words that are said. And you have to deal with that. So that's another brick on top of every other thing that you've done. And that's why it's so hard. It's so hard for people with PPD to try and um, achieve a level of happiness because it's like walking through a landmine with BPD you don't know when you're going to be triggered you haven't a clue and every time you're triggered it's back to square one it's like a game it's like it's like back to level one no matter how far you get I remember I used to do like really really well and then I'd I'd have a meltdown and I'd explode and sure you just look back and go oh lord I got six months there you know and you'd be oh god almighty and you'd feel so deflated because all the work you put in meant at any given stage you were just one little trigger away from having a meltdown. And it's so deflating and so vulnerable. And, and confidence comes into it. Confidence is huge. Confidence, in my opinion now, is huge. This is realistically what made the difference for me is, is the confidence part of it. Because... I had no confidence. I used to think I was ugly. Um, I, as I said, I used to think I wouldn't achieve anything in life. And I, 
I mean, I was starting my day off thinking these horrible thoughts about myself. And then everything I tried, if I made a mistake, it just added to the fact that I knew I was useless. And when you live your life with a feeling that you're useless, any mistake you make, it just proves it. And then if anybody comments on the fact that you've made a mistake, it destroys you because you're already thinking these things. You already think you're useless. And this is the problem. And I was chatting with someone there a few weeks ago on the Roundabout Conference, and I said, brush your teeth. You know, that's something to be proud of. And they were saying to me, what do you mean brush your teeth? I said, literally brush your teeth. There's times when I was mentally ill when brushing my teeth was a struggle. And to get up and brush your teeth is to move. And I'm always on about movement and exercise and diet. And to actually brush your teeth, to force yourself to brush your teeth, that's an achievement for some people. And I know at some stage, brushing my teeth was an achievement. It was something I didn't want to do. I didn't feel like I should live. I didn't want to continue on because I didn't feel good enough. It's really and truly that simple. I just did not feel good enough. I felt like I was trapped. I remember years ago, and I've thought about this all week, and it's great to be able to laugh at this side. And there's a lot of people that aren't laughing because they're still suffering. And this is why I'll, I'll hopefully talk and hopefully someone might go, Ginny, that might work. But I used to feel like an alien trapped in human skin. Not literally an alien and not from a different planet, but I used to feel like I didn't belong. And I could never verbalise it in a way that I suppose I can today. But I just didn't feel like I belonged. Because everyone else was able to cope around me. And here was I, fallen down by everything and anything. And I just felt alien to people. I felt just so alien to this planet. Like, it was so harsh. And it is like, when now I'm 42 and I'm looking at the planet. And three kids later and whatever. It's a harsh planet. I mean, we're in the middle of a pandemic at the moment. So, it's not exactly a tipper-topper planet. You do need to be uh, fairly strong to survive on this planet. But I just felt alien. I just didn't feel like I belonged. And that's a horrible feeling because no matter what you do when you don't feel like you belong, again, everything reminds you that you don't feel like you belong. And I wouldn't mind. I've great friends. You know, I've great um, social, in a sense, social friends like that. Like, never been judged by them. You know, even growing up, I had a fantastic friend. Just he ought to stood by me, and it's like as if he just knew to kind of, uh, I never said this, but I, he's like as if he, kn- he just knew to kind of just have a little bit of a protection on me. And um, he was fantastic. When I was growing up, I had no confidence, and he was abundance of confidence. He was an absolute abundance of confidence, and I loved it, because I used to just hide in his shadow, which suited me down to the ground. I didn't, uh, <laughs> I didn't need to come out. And uh, he was in abundance, and still is in abundance of confidence. But I used to just hide, hide in his shadow. And that felt great. And, and you know, I, I always remember that fondness of that, the fact that he was so confident and I'd none. But he, he, he never made it an issue. You know, and he got me, he got me out of more trouble, I suppose, in times when I didn't feel uh, confident. And these are things I remember. But when you're growing up like that and you don't feel confident, it's an awful feeling to have. And for other people, they're trying to look in and trying to understand you. And I now understand it must be a nightmare for them also because they don't know what to do. 
they don't know how to reach you they don't know what makes you okay what doesn't make you okay because you're so easily triggered and here's the thing with people with bpd it's a nightmare for other people because as i just said walking is like you know living your life is like walking on a landmine but they know that too so they are afraid if they say something that might also trigger you that might trigger you off so for people that have bpd sometimes they're looking at others and going they don't understand they do understand they're just afraid to actually go well try this try this try this because it could trigger you and when we get triggered it's fairly intensive so i understand now at my age that it's not that people don't care as such they're afraid to trigger you they're afraid in case they say something that might be wrong and if it's wrong you could go into a, a, a meltdown and that's worrisome for people that care about us you know so uh, like vulnerability as i said for this podcast you're always vulnerable you pretend you're not but you're always vulnerable you always feel ashamed and you always feel like you're not good enough and you just don't feel like you're part of anything no matter what you do and i remember as i said in a few podcasts before nothing made me happy growing up nothing everything i did it just didn't make me happy but one of the fundamental aspects that i learned about my life and everything everyone has something in their life everyone has their memories that it's a turning point and i remember in my life my mother came to me at one stage and she said all i want for you to do is to be happy and i said she show me how so and she goes i don't know how and that stuck with me it stuck with me that when someone loves you and they want you to be happy but then they don't know how to make you happy it it was a it was a core memory for me to turn around and think to myself i need to learn how to make myself happy i actually have to learn how to make myself happy and that's what i've been spending the last 20 odd years doing is how do you make yourself happy how do you get to a stage where you're just happy inside which for most people with bpd they're not they're very very miserable in a sense of they wake up they struggle through their day they go to bed and hopefully they didn't hurt or insult anyone and that's basically the life for most people with bpd but i wanted happiness I wanted to see could I be happy and today I can definitely say 100% I'm happy. It's not like I'm going to do a podcast and pretend I'm all happy and then be miserable at home or you know fighting with the kids constantly or anything like that. It's it's genuinely I'm happy. I have my days when they when they turn to shit like everyone does and you've to figure them days out. But in general I'm happy. And what I figured out happiness for me happiness for me was i would take a problem and when i would get overwhelmed i'd walk away so the minute i you know this is a big thing i do all say as well when you feel the anxiety when i felt the anxiety in my stomach i started to walk away because i could have a meltdown or i could rage and there's no point in not denying that and people with bpd that rage they're basically like toddlers except for their adults and the rage can continue for quite a long time and that's not good for anybody so when i started to walk away the one thing i did then afterwards was i would relive the episode that made me feel uncomfortable and i would try and see what could i do different could i say a different couple of words could i try uh, a different avenue 
And then the next time, because life is life, everybody does the same thing. I mean, life is life. We all have repetitive lives. When the same um, situation happened again, I tried what I thought. And to be honest with you, it failed. Because it does fail. But the next time I tried, then I said, I'll try something different. And that failed, if I'm being honest. But eventually, it clicked. Because I kept trying something different. And it hurt every time. That's the thing about my happiness today, I can contest personally. I can't say this is universal. My happiness today is the result of me facing the hurtful situations that I had to face every time. Instead of running away from them, I had to face them every time. And my happiness came from the fact that eventually they clicked. I remember with my post-traumatic stress disorder, you know, 106, 107 times it took me to get rid of, you know, one trigger. Um, it was huge. So with, with that understanding, I basically kept trying. I kept trying. And it hurt every time. It hurt every time. Every time I failed, it hurt the same. And the fact that I was really, really trying, it really hurt because I just felt like I'm never going to do this. I'm never going to achieve happiness. And because I was focused on trying to achieve happiness, it really put me in the, the stand because I was trying my best and I was focused on it. So it really made me more vulnerable in a sense of, I don't know if I can achieve this. I really don't. And I was trying. But eventually, it clicks. Eventually. You know, there is no quick solution, in my opinion, to anything in life. In a sense of, you know, if it took years for an illness to form, it might take years for it to come away. I'm 20 years researching my mental, my mental illness and then 20 years... I failed thousands of times, absolutely thousands of times in them 20 years. But I just keep going. Because I'm still alive, the day still turns, why not try it? Why not keep going? And eventually, as I said to you, it actually does click. It clicks where I wanted people to understand me, I wanted people to understand my illness, I wanted people to understand my trauma. And now I understand that people don't need to understand all that. What I need to do is I need to adapt to people because it's me that's around them. I need to be able to be with people that are difficult. I need to be able to adapt to people that can cause me stress. Um, you know, again, children, if, if your child isn't causing you stress, I'd argue that they're adults um, <laughs> because children cause stress. So you have to adapt to these things. You have to be able to adapt to them. And if you don't adapt... The one fundamental thing I found with anything on the planet is it's not the strongest that survive, it's those that can adapt. Once you can adapt, you'll overcome it. And I've completely overcome my illness to a degree that if I keep my diet fairly good, if I keep my sleep fairly good, keep my... I don't exercise a lot, but I, I move a lot. You know, I still do an average of about 13, 14 kilometers walk in a day, which is plenty. Um, if I keep all these things going and I reflect every day, and I keep saying this in the podcast, I sit down every day and I'll ask myself, how are you? Where did you go wrong today? How can you improve it? I've been doing that for years. 
you know, because you have to. Where did you go wrong? Because every day there's something new to learn. Where did you go wrong? That's a fundamental thing to say. Where did you go wrong? Can you improve on that? The next day it might work, which is brilliant. Generally it doesn't. It might take three goals. It might take five goals to get that particular thing that went wrong right. But eventually you'll get it. And then you're into a next day and another issue or another problem to solve. That's the way the world works. More problems every day. But my confidence, my confidence came from the fact that every success I got, I acknowledged it. You know, having BPD, my brain was very critical of myself, very condescending towards myself, running me down all the time. I was running myself down all the time. You know, and you're listening to this constantly in your head where no matter what you do, you're never happy. But every time I made a little victory, as I said, brushing my teeth, I, I acknowledged that at some stage. I went, no, what? I brushed my teeth today. I, didn't, I couldn't brush them yesterday. That's an acknowledgement. And over time, I kept acknowledging my good points. Even when I'm in work and I make a mistake, and we'll say I spray the side of a car, and I make a mistake on the car, that, you know, it can be rectified. But I'll acknowledge the fact that 99% of that spray job is perfect. And that 1% is, is not perfect. But I'll acknowledge that 99% because it's important to acknowledge that 99% of it is right. Not 100% is wrong. And that's life. You don't get it all wrong. And when you start looking for the facts of where you can achieve little things, like I'm pretty, pretty good at cleaning. I'm, I'm happy to say that. That's, a, that's an achievement. Um, you know, there's little things that you look at. I remember uh, a, a woman years ago I was chatting to and she says, I have no confidence. I'll never have any confidence. I said, well, sure. There has to be something you like about yourself. There has to be. And when you look at something that you like about yourself, you grow from that. That's how you grow is, what do you like about yourself? And you're listening to all the negative thoughts. You're listening to all the negative speech and the intrusive thoughts, and they're a nightmare. But there has to be something that you like about yourself. And you build on that. I'm good at spraying cars. I'm not great, but I'm good. I make more good spread jobs than bad spread jobs. But I still make mistakes. And that's fundamental too, is to be able to accept them. You know, if you couldn't I couldn't accept a mistake years ago because then I was wrong. And if I was wrong, it proved that I was useless. Whereas now I look at life, I start off the day, and this might sound bizarre, I start off being useless. I use... I use exactly what my head had to offer. My head was telling me I was useless. So I actually used it. I went, okay, let's start from being useless. As a parent, no interest in being a parent. As in, when I say no interest in being a parent, I love being a parent. I don't try to be a parent. I don't try to achieve anything as a parent. But at some stage I went, you're a useless parent. Great. Now I've nothing to prove. That's the fundamental part about being useless. I used it as my strength. It's there. I felt it all my life. So as a parent, when I started off being useless, I would nothing to prove. So any mistakes, and I do make mistakes as being a parent. When I make a mistake as a parent, I get over it so quickly because I use the fact that my brain likes to think I'm useless at things. And I accept it. I go, Grant, I'm sure we already know that. And as a result of that, I'm an okay parent. 
you know, I'm an okay parent. I'm not great, I'm not bad, but I'm an okay parent. I try. I try and, like everything else in life, improve every day. What can you do? So, what you have in your mind, you can use it. What I did was I used all my negativity and I grew from it. I basically used my negativity against my mind in the sense of, if you're going to tell me I'm useless, let's start with that. So anything I do in life, then it's great because I'm useless at it. So even if I achieve a small amount, well, that's even better than being useless. And my confidence over time grew from this. It grew from the fact that I am useless. You know, I'm pretty useless at most things. I couldn't, I can't build stuff. I don't have a mechanical mind, which is ironic as a spray painter, but I, I just don't. I don't have a mechanical mind. I can't, I can't put things together in my head. They just don't jigsaw. I can understand the mind pretty well, thankfully, but uh, I can't put stuff together. It's just not the way it is. And that's, that's okay. You're not supposed to get it all right. You're not supposed to know everything. You're not supposed to get everything right. But more importantly, if you wake up every day, look at the achievements. If you swept a floor, that's an achievement. You know, no matter what you've done that was positive, own it, because it's yours. Because your brain, if it's critical like mine is, will be very quick to run you down when you make the mistake. Even when no one's around, it'll be very quick to run you down. So the, the way to counteract that, in my experience, was I was very quick then to actually own my achievements. Sweeping the floor. Good boy. Well done. Sounds simple. But I owned it. You know, no matter what I did then, I went, yeah, well, you did do that today. This is what you did today. You know. So I'm going to leave this short and sweet. Um, I hope this helps. I always do hope it helps, to be honest with you. I hope even if it helps one person, they're like going, do you know something I could do with that? But on that note, own your wins. Just when you get a win, if it's sweeping the floor, own it. Because your mind is so critical, it'll run you down. So be quick to own the good stuff. Thanks very much for listening. And uh, I hope to do one again next Monday. Thanks again.